All right, welcome to episode four of Culture Insanity, the podcast. <clears throat> Again, the opinions expressed uh, in this podcast are ours alone and shouldn't be used to reflect the specific views of our church, Aletheia Bible Fellowship. The Culture Insanity podcast is an external ministry of Aletheia of Portland, Oregon, and a member of their Vigilance Radio Network, a part of Vigilance.blog, ABF's web portal that provides helpful and interesting resources for the church, local and at large. If you're interested in today's topics or just staying relevant, go ahead and check out cultureinsanity.wordpress.com, or you can check us out on Facebook and Twitter at Culture Insanity. So, here we are, episode number four. Had a bit of a hiatus there. Um, but we're back. Turn my mic down a little bit here. What's up? How you been, Josh? I'm all right. Uh, how's the feed going? We're trying something new. We got Heidi Parker on board. Does it show that it's recording? I can't uh, pull it up. It shows a red dot for recording. It shows time limit. Heidi Parker. Uh, time limit. All right. Cool. I don't see. It. Oh yeah, live one one thirty five. So one viewer. So we're a humble podcast, but we're at least growing by by one. Yep. <laughs> so, I feel like a lot has happened. Heidi says hi. Hi, Heidi. Um, <laughs> I feel like a lot has happened since we last met. Um, it's been, what, two and a half weeks or something? Yeah. I think you had a little vacation sprinkled in there. We had a eldership retreat, and uh, a lot has happened. So, let's kick it off. I don't know. I guess we start with the biggest news story in popular culture yeah. um, because it's the news story that's absolutely not going away. I feel like every single morning I wake up and there's some new development on it. And that is the Harvey Weinstein, um, I don't know, I feel like calling it a scandal would be putting it extremely lightly because it's 30 years of um, abuse on his part. Yeah, what would you call it, a saga? Yeah, which is a horrible thing to say, saga. Um, for those who somehow do not know, <laughs> Harvey Weinstein, um, in the last, I don't know, a week and a half or something, uh, it's come out that he's, um, yeah, abused women, used his position of power within the um, industry in Hollywood um, to use and abuse wo women um, by sexually assaulting them, sexually harassing them. Right. Um, so we got decades of, of abuse going on. Um, Many women, many famous actresses, many not so famous actresses and people in the industry have come out since then and um, told their personal stories about it. Um, yeah, heavy stuff, man. I read, yep. I read one one story today. It's this. Um, I think she was like a soap opera actress or something, but basically, he like, literally like raped her, like forced oral sex onto her. Allegedly. And, Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah, I mean, no criminal charges have been brought up yet. Sure, and there's you know the whole statute of limitations thing. I feel like we're we're branding my work right now. <laughs> <laughs> I work for Columbia Distributing, but anyways. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, what are your what are your thoughts? Just to get us rolling here. Well, lots of thoughts. I know that. Um, man, that's yeah, that's a hard one. <laughs> It's a hard one. I mean, anytime that you have people in power, and again, like, it's it's alleged, but it's really hard not to just pass judgment, you know? Um, sure. Anytime that you have people in power, this is always going to be a, a difficult thing, regardless of... When I mean this, what I mean is um, not abusing that power. Mm -hmm. 
So yes. it, it's always going to be a difficult thing. It doesn't matter what institution it's in. And, and I think especially in this institution where what your job is is essentially finding people to lust over. Mm. Or, yeah, you personally or the masses. Yeah. Right. Like his job is to, you know, exactly like you said, find people and create the next big star by placing him in the next big movie and right i mean it may it may sound really sort of sick to put it in this term but in these terms but it you know maybe the reason he's so successful is because he like has you know he has that eye for it yeah he has that proclivity it's you know his genius is also his downfall yeah no it's it's crazy and what's what's really crazy and this is the part that annoys me the most is that 30 years and it was a widely known thing about this guy yeah so seems like it there are so many people that in my opinion should be taking some responsibility for allowing this to go on um just earlier this week george clooney and matt damon you know two of the biggest actors of ever (laughs) i guess you know came out and they've you know worked closely with this guy in many different movies throughout their career he made their careers yeah so they had this to say harvey would talk to me about women that he'd had affairs with i didn't necessarily believe them quite honestly because to believe them would be to believe kind of the worst of some actresses who were friends of mine i knew he was an you know i mean every he, he was proud of that george clooney and matt damon now coming to terms with the disturbing allegations of abuse by their former mentor. So yeah. Hey, just a side note, before we get there, since we got somebody in the audience, can you tell us if you can hear the sound cart that was playing? Live? Yeah. I'm just wondering if it was if it was able to play that sound of yeah, the clip. That'll be interesting for us to know going yeah. forward. Um, but yeah, no. <clears throat> so, so many people, and like I listen to, you know, many podcasts throughout the week, and I listen to a few different like comedy podcasts, and... So people that are just like small time in that industry, like stand-up comedians, you know, um, they're, they were never in movies. They, they don't have any relationship with this guy whatsoever. But even like these people, like everyone in, these, in, this, in this industry knew about this for decades and seems, seems no like. one has said anything for 30 years and only now. And I'm not even sure why now. I don't even remember. There's been so much details that have come out in the last week. Like, what happened? What's, what was the straw that broke the camel's back on this? Do you even remember? Because, I mean, like I said, I've been no. re- I read stuff every day, and it's like... No, it's, just, it's just sort of appeared. I, I think that what you have is technology really bringing to the forefront um, those deepest seeds, you know? And Scripture says that all things will be revealed at some point yeah so and that's what we have here we're having this be revealed i mean how do you hide in a world where every device is a listening device mm-hmm. every you know every phone is a listening device and everybody has access to it and it's not like you have to get it on tape and then get it um get it through the right channels to get it through the court system and all that sort of stuff it's like it's immediate I and mean, we go back to was it a couple episodes ago we talked about the guy who uh, during the Vegas shooting, yeah, Dan Bilzerian. Yeah, mm-hmm. like he immediately was streaming his his trauma that was happening. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, so it works. It works in favor of the. It works in favor of the victims in this case, where immediately they can they can bring something forward, and I think it's just going to be harder and harder for people to to hide stuff like that. Yeah, and since 
since since his story broke now you have like recently the the chief officer or you know the head of amazon studios he left because right he just stepped down similar things and uh just yesterday or the day before this other filmmaker old filmmaker i don't remember his name popular filmmaker at least uh you know accused of all these different things too so like you said all this stuff is oh right i know who you're talking i don't remember his name yeah it's like there's um, a witch hunt. Yeah, but in this case, there are actual witches. Right, right. So, I mean, I would be worried, and just I'd be worried about a like a literal. Well, I guess not literal, but a figurative literal witch hunt <laughs> taking place. Yeah. Um, I think that it becomes really bleak for you white males out there, <laughs> out there, white males in position of power. Uh, I think it becomes really bleak for you because every time you turn around. You know, it's stacking the deck against you. Mm-hmm. Just today, I read uh, former President George H. W. Bush read that too. assaulted an actress. You know, like thought he was being silly or something, but it ain't silly. Like, yeah, it's a serious thing, and and yeah, like it's it's no longer getting swept under the rug. And yeah, and like Ben Affleck, you know history caught up with him with the experience he had on TRL and assaulted some women right. women so yeah it's apparently just um, rampant within culture and for some reason only only now is it being like um, super put under the spotlight and right it's just really interesting and and like you were saying and I was having this conversation with with Brittany with my wife too um, I, I don't I just don't know how someone within that within a position of such power whether it be in Hollywood or politically or anything like how how they don't go down this path without God you know and without living for any real purpose you know like I imagine that lifestyle and everything that it brings just brings them that's just a natural that's just a natural um, yeah. I mean, progression of that. You go through that and road. You look at you know kings and emperors in mm-hmm. the past and stuff. And these people are, they sit and I mean, Hollywood movie stars are like cultural gods. Yeah, they're, modern they're, day they're idols. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. but then these people have the power to make them. In that vein, they would be like titans, I suppose. In that yeah. model. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah. Of course, there's you would abuse that power. Because I just what is that without God? Yeah, so it's not. It's certainly not the opportunity to make people's lives better. It's it's the opportunity to take for yourself what you want. Yeah, and for me, like, I don't know, like, why do why do positions gain that much power, like, within industries and stuff? Like, I don't know. Clearly, it's like it's not good. You know, whether it's the president of the United States and the authority and a power he has as a, like, you know, the leader of a government or anything like, I don't know. I, is there not enough checks and balances in place? Um, I mean, like, what is it? Like, how does someone get to a point where you're Harvey Weinstein and you are literally intimidating people from saying anything for 30 years because they're so scared of that you are going to destroy their lives and their career and any possible career they would have had. Like that is that is a gross amount of power. I mean, I think scripture talks about it in what Romans 12, I believe. Maybe it's Romans 13. Somewhere in Romans toward the last couple chapters, um it talks about 
people in authority and, and needing to submit to those structures because God puts those people in place in order to sort of keep the world turning um, the way it needs to. But this is like a different beast because mm-hmm. this isn't somebody... This isn't like proper authority. Exactly. You know? Yeah. This, is, this isn't... But it is. Like, it, it's people's lives, like, and their, right. their, their way of making a living. Well, and... so, so to that end, I, to that end, and this is not at all to... I gotta be careful how I say this. Yeah. This is not at all to put emphasis on people who have been victimized. Mm-hmm. But to that end, there is a willingness amongst both men and women um, to sell a piece of themselves to people in order, you know, t- to gain something back. And I think where you really see, where you really see. Um, Something that's you know respectable is when people like quit the industry because they uh, want to raise a family, for instance. I love I love that story. Yeah, every time. Um, or want to want to educate themselves and, yeah. and things like that. But when you have people who, you know, they will they will go and do whatever is necessary to get a role. That's when people like this swoop yeah, in and, and take advantage. Yeah, and I was. Again, like you're, I have to be careful because I I was sort of being insensitive to it the other day. But somewhere along the way, unlike you're saying, and I'm not excusing Harvey Weinstein at no. all. Nope. I want to make that clear. But somewhere along the way, a handful of women or even one woman indulged this and set him really down a path of thinking that this is okay and I can actually use this power. And so like, there's a level of responsibility that has to be taken on women who are fine with doing that, you know, to further their career, you know, and, and again, I'm not excusing that whatsoever. And it's horribly unfortunate for the mass, apparently, amount of women that have been victimized by this, at least one man. But there's got to be a good amount of women that indulge that because they're fine with it. Like they're fine with indulging that. And like, so it becomes a really, um, just unfortunate issue on on all parties. Well, and we've been reading about the we've been reading about that in the industry anyway. Um, you know, for years. I mean, what's the Corey Feldman? Yeah, there's a whole thing about Corey Feldman in what is it the 1990s talking with Barbara Walters and mm. Barbara Walters like shuts him down and says that he's ruining the industry and he was talking about his unfortunate experiences as a child being mm-hmm. passed around in, in the industry. And we look at like men like Terry Crews, you know? Yeah. Like yeah. he's talking about being groped, uh, yeah. like, at, like out to dinner or yeah. something like that. He was talking mm-hmm. about being groped. So I think what you have is something that's systemic. And I think that it is not specific to women, but it does take advantage of women specifically, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like that, that system um, will target anybody that it perceives to be weak. And I don't know if this is like something that can be like afforded by something that can be assuaged by having women who are playing um, stronger characters or something. But you know, if you look at like, I'm sure this would have all started back when Hollywood was like in, in its heyday, right? So like the 1950s and 30s, like 30s to 50s when it was in its heyday. And it's like you look at those roles of women and those women are portrayed as weak. So then you have these women who are portraying this weakness 
And then you have men who are casting these women to portray this weakness. Mm. And then behind the scenes, they're trying to ensure that these women are weak. And so it's this whole systemic thing. And, yeah. and I wonder if part of the psychology of that can be sort of diverted by having women play more roles that you know fit the dynamicness of who a woman is. But with that said, it is it does seem to be systemic in that it is more than just gender based. It's across the board, it's a power issue. Mm -hmm. And whatever whatever institution it is, there's always going to be this power issue because people are corrupt, because people are sinful, because they suppress the image of God mm -hmm. in them and then they look at these people and instead of seeing the image of God in these people, what do they do? They take and use that person to make them whoever they want to be. Um, and they think because they're giving something back, stardom, that that somehow excuses their actions or affords them a certain level of of excuse. But Yeah. And that's what's interesting <laughs> about about him too like apparently like he would do these things and then he was good for it like he was good for like you know interjecting on their behalf and yeah i even heard like i was reading like he would literally like down to the level of like post-production editing like he would step in and be like no leave they give them more scenes or give the keep those lines in there or stuff so right he was like super like um yeah i don't know good good for his word but at the cost of their, I don't know, everything. <laughs> well, but it's also it's it's also a form of uh, grooming, you know. It's it's predi it's predatory behavior. Uh, so it like endears the person to them, where they become the sole provider for this person. Mm. So they're doing something nasty to them, but of course, you know, they're they are the sole provider for for that person. Who was it that said? I just thought that it was Uncle Harvey. Uh, who was it? Was it one of those two? I don't know. No, it no, 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 no. It was. It was a. I think it was Gwyneth Paltrow. Hmm. Uh, don't quote she me on that. She was really young when it first happened to her. Yeah, and she told Ben Affleck about it. Supposedly, she no, no. She told Brad Pitt about it when she was dating Brad Pitt. Mm. Then Brad Pitt supposedly this is all alleged and you know twentieth party or whatever. Yeah, sure. But then supposedly Brad Pitt went and said something to Harvey Weinstein about it. And then Harvey Weinstein chewed her out, and then they never talked about it again after mm, that. Okay, I remember that. And that's how Matt Damon knows about it, because he was palling around with her and Ben Affleck. But yeah, like, she had this impression of Harvey that, you know, this is like an uncle figure or whatever. And so what you see is a predatory form of grooming in that. And it's, it's sad. It's sad. Yeah. And they exist at all levels. But I do think that the industry itself... Um, I do think that the industry itself pushes or creates a warm bed for that sort of behavior to lay in. Yeah, and it's it's just absolutely it just blows my mind that like probably thousands of people like knew about knew about it and it was just accepted. And it's just it's crazy. And then I think about like yeah, like child actors that are being brought up now. Like, what's the guy, the kid from Stranger Things? Is it is it Finn something or other? Is that the kid? Finn Wolfhard. Is he the one that just ditched his With the awesome name? Finn yeah, Wolfhard. It's a cool name. My name is Finn. Didn't Wolfhard. he just like ditch his agent because of his? He had some sort of experience also. Sexual oh man, I don't. Something. I hope not. 
I know. And I haven't heard No, that. but it's heartbreaking, though. And, like, you see, like, families bringing their kids through the industry. Right. And it's there, and it's like, why would you want that for your kid, knowing right. what, what it's all about? Like, how could, right. how are you good with that? You know, like, right. you're exposing them to something, whether you think you, you can protect them from that or not. Like, you would have to be, like, just on top of things. You'd have to really super be on top, on top of things. Because you really are going into the belly of the beast. And, yeah. again, you're talking about an industry that lifts up the worst part of a human being. Mm-hmm works them to the bone and when i say the worst part what i mean is vanity so it, it lifts up the vanity of a person asks them to judge themselves um by objectifying themselves mm-hmm. and works them to the bone isolates them and you know like what what do you what do you expect you're you are in just you're really not setting somebody up for success yeah <sighs> man yeah. It's, it's it's like really sad. Like I was reading that one today with that actress and like she was describing that experience where like he like literally forced like oral sex on her and I was like this is heavy, man. This is like super yeah. intense and it's really sad. So let's move on. Sure. What are we talking about? For now. I'm sure this story will continue to gather more, you know? Like I don't see it going away anytime soon. Um but let's move on to some more fun, lighthearted things. More lighthearted. You and I watched uh, this new Netflix movie, The Babysitter, the other day. Yeah. What up, Steve? B, call us if there's any trouble, okay? Cole, don't cause any trouble. What song is this, by the way? Over your place all the time. Tainted Love. That's Tainted. what babysitters do. I love it for this trailer. Seriously, yeah. have you ever been awake after she's fallen asleep? Without actually seeing the trailer, you could sort of gather, get, right. get a feel for this right. movie. Um, just quick synopsis, um, and this isn't really a spoiler alert, but um, you might hear some stuff about it. Please, anyway. no, no. <laughs> uh, sort of a coming of age story, like loser kind of kid has mm-hmm. a hot, ba- mm-hmm. hot babysitter, you know, is in love with her or thinks, and then he sees. Her, like commit a murder and like they have this whole cult thing going on yeah, and like sacrificing her, her friends yeah they're, her, her and her friends are sacrificing this person and so then the movie comes about how he this kid is going to uh, face his his babysitter um, and defeat the bad guys um, right to grow up to the point where he no longer needs a babysitter yeah it's yes. a little bit on the nose on in the terms nose. of directed by mcgee who we haven't seen since i don't know charlie's angel full throttle maybe terminator salvation oh totally he's probably done some tv sprinkled in maybe some of that falling sky show i wouldn't be surprised if he was had his hands in that i can see that <laughs> it's a it was a weird movie like i think i liked it but it was one of those movies where you definitely got the sense that it was trying to it wasn't taking itself seriously and yeah. it so it had that going for it and so for movies like that you judge them based on that you you don't sure. like overly analyze or critique like you accept it for what it is right but then there was like really weird like choices made like right. writing some of the dialogue and then some of the like the direction and so like 
I couldn't tell if I really liked it or or if it was really bad. And it, I'm coming from a position of knowing what I think it was trying to be. So it was just really weird for me. <laughs> I loved it. Yeah. Um, and I have always liked movies like that. Shout out to uh, John Parker. We used to watch some movies together. And uh, one of the movies we watched was about these um, little people vampires. It was called three feet tall two inch fangs <laughs> something like that. that's an awesome time yeah something like that and they did like a rap at the end oh wow yeah three feet tall two inch fangs like a, it, it was in the credits or like that it was actual... in the credits it was okay. in the credits uh, anyway <laughs> but um in that movie oh wait i wasn't talking about that movie sorry what was i talking about <laughs> are you talking about the babysitter or yes three, three feet tall yeah yeah okay tropes that's what i was gonna say okay. um there's a lot of tropes yeah, yeah there's... like like there's a there's a whole Satanist thing, mm-hmm. but it 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 is nothing more than the setup for the movie to happen, and then it really never gets addressed again. You don't really know like how it's all gonna work, and there's sort of like a MacGuffin in the film with this this book. What is that? I know what that is. What is that? It's it's a industry term that it's it's a device a plot device that moves the story along. Okay, People are yeah. like searching for, <clears throat> trying yeah. to get or whatever. So like um, like the Tesseract mm, in the mm-hmm, Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, but yeah, it had it. It was just it was just filled with tropes. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like a love letter. But I think the thing that I liked about it the most was that it wasn't um, it wasn't just sort of like heinously graphic without cause. It was it at its core. And this is what I liked about it. Also, at its core, it was a coming of age story, with um, with with sort of a morality tale to it. You know, evil was evil, mm-hmm. good was good, mm-hmm. and yeah, and and the good and good prevails in the end. Spoilers, but mm-hmm. good prevails in the end. You know, and this kid grows up and learns, hey, I don't need a babysitter anymore. <laughs> it's just like, okay, this is it's ridiculous. If you have time to waste, which we don't, but. It- it's only 85 minutes. Yeah, that's the other thing. That's what sold us on that, it. Yeah. It, was, it was like 85 minutes and all right. Mm-hmm. Um, here's another spoiler for it. The Netflix uh, screen for it shows this cheerleader uh, on the screen, but she's like not even... She's like a side side She's a character. side side character. <laughs> they just so. used her because it's like good imagery. Or yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was a weird movie. I think I liked it, like I said, but there was moments where it was like, that was really weird. Like, why would they say that, or why would they do that? And it's just like super weird. Hey, here's what. Here's. I'd what... love to hear a director's cut on it. Yeah. <laughs> or like totally. a, what do they call it? Like a direct commentary or commentary. Yeah. 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 Here's what I would classify it as if you're interested. Eighty-five minutes of Evil Dead meets Home Alone. Home Alone, hundred percent. Yeah. Evil Dead meets Home Alone. All right. Yeah. Yeah. No. Maybe maybe mixed with Die Hard. Watch it in the right <laughs> mindset, though. Like, don't go into it, you know, expecting Oscar or something. Just like watch it because you want a fun movie to watch. Yeah. And don't overthink that. Well, and it seems like they had fun making it, which is important too. Yeah, for sure. I saw another movie, um, not this week, last week. That new Idris Elba movie called The Mountain Between Us. Not today. clip was loud yeah it really was loud sorry guys i think my mic's a little loud too um you just turn that knob on mic two or whatever turn down a little bit 
on gain two. Yeah, gain two. There you um, go. <clears throat> him and another woman, you know, miss their flight. They have to take, you know, they hire some dude to privately fly them on a little piece of crap plane. Right. Um, spoiler alert, dude has a stroke mid-flight, and then they crash. Which, by the way, is a terrifying thought. Yep. Your pilot has a stroke. Yep. And you are helpless. Anyways, they crash on this, like... That's when you pull up the YouTube video. Wintry mountains. How to fly a plane. <laughs> yeah, while you're going down. Right. Through a mountain range. Right. Um, anyways, they crash, and then the whole movie is them, like, trying to survive or get... Just trying to live, you know, like waiting it out or doing whatever. Um, Make sure but, I hit that spoiler button if you reveal anything. Um, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the movie progresses, and obviously they they are they are experiencing the most traumatic thing that's ever happened in their life. Right. So FYI, woman is engaged to be married, um, and dude was married, but wife died many years ago so he's kind of a sad lonely guy she's engaged married they're going through this traumatic super traumatic experience together he's literally like tending her wounds throughout the entire movie and like keeping her alive because he's like a brain surgeon so obviously he like knows a lot about what him. he's a brain surgeon he's a brain surgeon not that a brain surgeon you know necessarily equips <laughs> you for sure sure well but, but no. he has at least some if you are con- if you are a surgeon then you have to go through like the stages so you've he's he's done some some time in the if hospital. it's if yeah if given the choice between him or nobody, I'd certainly <laughs> yeah. take him. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, okay. so and he's, he's like... And he's Idris Elba, so... He's super hot. Yeah. Super hot. Anyway, so he's like caring for her throughout the entire thing, and it's like sweet, and it's like... Yeah, it's just a crazy thing. Um. Anyways, at the end of it, they basically like are are resigned to the fact that they're they're not making it out of this. And she like ends up like falling in love with him because of obvious reasons like the man right. is like saving her life right. and like refusing to let her go when Traumatic it would be situation. much much easier for him to just try and get out there you know because by having her he's more likely to die and right. all this stuff so it begs the question anyways back up they end up being intimate or whatever spoiler again they survive uh, they get reintegrated back into life. She, like, you know, is with her fiance. He goes back to his life of being a sad, lonely brain surgeon. <laughs> and then it's like, and then she, like, realizes, like, you know, once she's back in her routine, like, I can't, like, live this life anymore. Like, I just went through the craziest, most traumatic thing with this person, and I'm just supposed to separate from him forever, you know? Right. Um, they end up, you know, embracing, and that's how the movie ends, like, running towards each other and embracing and then cut. What if it so, turned out that her original life was that she was like homeless and on drugs or something? And by being so they a, like come back to yeah, and then he like ends up no man. She was a, she was like a super successful like National Geographic journalist. I don't know photojournalist. It's where my mind goes. Yeah, when I watch movies like that. But I think it begs the question. Like it, it just yeah it made me think like if in that situation like what is right, you know? Yeah. Engaged to be married, so she's. Not married, um, but, you know, is in love with another man prior to plane crash and then, you know, almost die. Um, but then has this experience and then this other guy, just what's right? Like, because it sucks for the other guy, the, right. the fiance. Guy, like, almost lost his fiance, his soon-to-be wife. And it, by all accounts, is a good guy. Like, nothing about him was wrong, at least how the movie portrayed that right. character. So it's like... This guy's getting hard done, but this woman just went through the most traumatic thing she'll ever go through with this other man. So, okay, so first of all, shout out to uh, 
Looks like Colin and Jennifer are, are watching us. But uh, shout out to them. Second of all, are you... Do you remember Castaway with Tom Hanks? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Isn't that what happened in Castaway? Yeah, with her. Like, with she her, loses yeah, her husband. Right. But it's years. Years right, and right, years. Right, right, right. And okay. then, like, he ends up getting off the island and then goes back to see her. Yeah, sure. So it's not... So it's not new. It's not it's, new. It's sure. not new in recent cinema, but... Sure. Well... But it's an interesting question. <laughs> and, like, what's right? Not married, engaged to be married, in love with another guy, but then falls in love with this guy through this horrible thing, like... I, I mean, I think in a situation like this, it's like the better question is what's wrong. Um, I mean, you're married to. You're married. Okay, so she wasn't married. She was not married yet. She wasn't married she yet. She was literally flying to her wedding. Right. Though. Okay. So, <laughs> like, she wasn't married yet, and we're gonna go on. We're gonna go on society's definition in this version sure. of things. For those of you who don't know, the Bible actually Comment. says, "Whoever you are, send us a DM. Whoever you are, are sleeping with, you are actually married to." We don't know that they're sleeping together, though. We don't, but we're gonna. A lot of assumptions being thrown around. All right, right a lot now. of assumptions. Okay. Let's so just, let's what assume. we have. Let's just uh, but, what we have. But so it's not. It's not a moral question. Then it's not a moral question unless she actually was married to to the guy. So, in, in my mind, it's not a moral question because, you know, you're not married yet and then you, like, come across this, then you, you had this life-changing experience and so it is what it is. But mm. if she was married, that's when it becomes sure. morally sticky. And so, in my mind, it's an issue of what's wrong rather, rather than what's right. So, after you've had this experience with this guy, do you then throw away all of this experience that you had with this other person? Because mm -hmm. there's no denying... I mean, I guess we don't know the state of the relationship that she was in with the, uh, with it portrays with it like one. it was uh, a perfectly like healthy and whatever marriage. Both like you know successful people loved each other, and he like, yeah. I mean, it portrayed it like fine, so, like good. So here's here's what I can say, like so I'm married. I've been married for almost almost ten years. So next year I'll be married for almost ten years. Adam's married. He's been married for five years, five right. And uh, what I can say is if I thought I was going to die and I met, you know, some girl and we had this relationship and then we had sex and because um, we thought we were going to die and we thought that was right before God and therefore I now see myself as married to her, then first of all, I could do one of two things according to the scripture. So one is I could be polygamous. Mm. But if sister I was, wives. if yeah, sister wife style. But if I was polygamous, I would have to step down as a minister because mm -hmm. uh, the scripture says that a minister cannot be polygamous; they have to be married just to one. Um, but I could be polygamous, and you know, we sort of balk our eyes at that in Western culture. But quite honestly, it's all over the place. Um, it's really just the Western culture that that takes issue with it. Now, let me just say that that would need to be in a loving. Um, package where I would need to do right by both of those wives. And that gets complicated. And that gets complicated. It's not something I'd ever want to do. Right. Um, I've, never come, I've never come across a situation where I was like, oh, I could do that. <laughs> um, but so, that, so that's one thing. I could be polygamous. And then the other thing would be to ask for forgiveness and be with my original wife. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I just want to state they don't do it, and I I know you know what I'm talking about, but they don't they don't get intimate because like oh we're gonna die, might as well have sex one last time. Like they like legit like fall in love with each other and like 
as like the last people that ever know and like taking care of each other. Yeah. So just clear that up. But yeah, it is interesting. And then I guess, yeah, you're right. You bring up Castaway. It's, it's exactly the same thing. Only he doesn't have sex with Wilson, you know, <laughs> or a whale or anything. Right. <laughs> right. So uh, I brought up the years aspect of like our relationships because I know that one year, and I think anybody who's being realistic, unless there's a problem in their relationship, one year of not one year, uh, 10 years of being with some, with somebody having, you know, this life that's built up and being faithful and committed where that relationship is right before God, um, which is sort of the impression that's being given that this relationship is good and pure and all healthy and all that. If that relationship is right before God, you wouldn't just throw that away because you met somebody yeah. like, you know, and you went through a traumatic experience with each other. It's not sure. even sound on a mental health. Yeah, sure. In, in a mental health way. I mean, you've got the infatuation stage, which you need to get through, mm-hmm. you know, so on and so forth. If, if you wanted to, if you felt that your life didn't have the answers, um, or if you felt conflicted, the best thing in a situation to do. So here's a third option would be to not be with anybody. Mm. you know to work it out and not be with anybody that's where he was that's where he so was messed going. up <laughs> right not because he didn't want to but because that's a weird situation michelle i would leave you and be with that other person yeah i'm just kidding no it was <laughs> it, it was a good movie though for what, it, for what it's worth there's your there's your inappropriate sound clip <laughs> <laughs> michelle i will leave you <laughs> cut anyways all right moving on <clears throat> so there might be a morality question we watched a trailer the other day a new keanu reeves movie yep the dynamic, dynamic Keanu Reeves. I love Keanu Reeves. <laughs> love me some Neo. He's got a movie coming out called Replicant? Replicas. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, I love you. Forever. I didn't defy every natural law there is just to lose you again. Okay. Yeah. You can't really gather what's going on based on that, but... He said, I would defy every natural... I would defy... What does that mean? Like, what's going on, actually? Every natural law so, there is. The trailer gives us a picture, like, his wife... Wife? Just wife? His wife and his kids. Wife and kids have okay. died already? Yeah. It's, like, revealed in the trailer, so... Have I, died already, spoiler. and this guy is, like, working for some groundbreaking, you know, company that, company. like, literally, like... Uh, tra- what do you call that? Uh, transfers consciousness. Yeah, yeah. Like using dead physical body, but yeah, yeah. It's really. Anyways, what's the morality question there? What's <laughs> is that right? Well, I think what you're dealing. Yeah, I think there's a question of is is that right? I think you're asking the question of or begging the question of whether the physical body is disconnected or can be disconnected from the spiritual body. Mm. Um. <clears throat> I think you get into issues of soteriology when you look at that. Uh, it's one of my favorite issues to, to talk about in terms of soteriology. Those who don't know, that is a high theological term for salvation. Um, you know, one of the things that the church tends to focus on is the idea of being saved. And what does it look like um, when salvation for the soul is now technological? Mm all of a sudden you have two options. You have Jesus and you have a computer. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> what this is doing in my mind is priming people for the other option, um, which they're actively working on. And yeah. and why shouldn't they be? Just beating God, you know? Yeah. Playing God or 
whatever you want to call yeah, it. Yeah, and it's not the first movie to to do that in recent Being years. infinite. Was it Johnny Depp? Johnny Depp just did a movie. Tr- yeah, Transcendence. Transcendence, yeah. yeah. And uh, what was it? Uh, Scarlett Johansson? Uh, is her name even that? No. Wasn't the movie like called and it was her name or whatever? Yeah. Same thing though, right? Does anybody know? Anybody who's watching, does anybody Colin, know? Colin Sackowitz of... Colin Sackowitz Oregon? of Oregon. Hey, we're in Oregon. Oregon. Imagine that. Yeah, um, if anybody knows, hit us back in the comments for what yeah. movie that is. So it's not new, but yeah. Yeah. It'd be interesting. Yeah, I... It, I mean, There's I like definitely an obsession, like that. obsession over it. I like movies like that, but I do think it's um, an interesting topic, and I'm interested to get some comment on it once we get it back. What's up with Keanu Reeves wanting to shed the physical all the time? Right? <laughs> yeah. Interestingly enough, if you haven't got a chance, if you haven't got a chance to watch The Matrix, um, which we just screened it with somebody who had never seen The Matrix, before. and that's always fun. Well, it is because <laughs> whoa. <laughs> Whoa! Yeah, <laughs> but it, if you haven't got a chance to watch it, it's leaving Netflix. There's a lot of you know. That's a good segue. Yeah, good segue. Josh. Thank you. Thank you. So there's a lot of interesting movement and yeah, movement towards towards um, streaming services. Mm-hmm. And I was reading or listening, I can't remember, but basically like licensing. Is a thing of the past now, and that's yep. why Netflix is just dumping money into original content. It's because everybody wants their own. They mm-hmm. they want to farm their own IP. Yeah, Disney's pulling all their stuff and gonna have their own streaming thing. Which man, is... Disney? That's gonna be the that's gonna be the streaming service to own for sure. Right there. I mean, I expect us to have it. We will. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it doesn't cost a lot. But you got CBS with their thing. Yep. You got Hulu. You got right Amazon. You got Netflix. Uh, what? Okay, what let's go. Let's. Go. I'm gonna. I'm gonna try here. Okay. Okay. Showtime, HBO, uh, Cinemax, uh-huh. Epix, uh-huh. Crackle, uh, Hulu, Amazon. Well, FX is kind of. Yeah, I guess FX has its own stuff. It's got original series and stuff, but they're they're available. F- okay. 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 I yeah, see okay. what you're saying. Um, <clears throat> let's see. We said we said Amazon already. Uh, YouTube even YouTube PlayStation PlayStation Network yeah they just tried to do a TV series last they had year, Powers right? Powers that's the which one which was, was a few years ago yeah. yeah yeah it's crazy it's really interesting and what was I going to say on that the direction it's all heading I don't remember <sighs> sorry yeah I forgot <laughs> it, but it's interesting and like Netflix is like operating in the red all the time yep or something like that because of how much money they're just but it's constantly gaining new subscribers yeah new users yeah so it's yeah it's like a sustainable model but right it's crazy man you got will smith and a hollywood blockbuster on netflix Netflix. straight to your which i'm stoked about although it looks like mib like five or something i'm stoked about it too yeah it looks cool it looks sort of like district 90 too oh yeah totally Can can you see that yeah it's called bright um Anyways, um, let's break up some monotony of, of different categories here and um, do our thing. Sounds good. Time to play the game. Time to play the game. <laughs> Time to play the game. That's Motorhead for all of you guys that are interested. <laughs> I love that. Uh, all right, we got some trivia. 
for those who tuned in last time, Josh and I have this um, competitive little game we got going here where we do some trivia with each other, exchange some questions. Um, this week, uh, we got some 80s horror trivia questions in honor of Stranger Things, in honor of Halloween, in honor of it, in honor of everything that's just uh, macabre, really, really relevant right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, fun fact, Josh, I had a someone who was listening to our podcast who was really pulling for me when you were asking me questions because I couldn't spit out the answer, but I, mm-hmm. I knew it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm hoping I'm hoping to. And he was sorely disappointed, wasn't he? Was he was disappointed. It was my brother-in-law. <laughs> I brought shame to that family uh, or to him at least uh, so we got some 80s trivia questions and I think that we've decided part of what the winner will get so what is that? so the winner gets to decide the other person's sound clip <laughs> so it's a sound clip uh, I don't know we need a term for it but it's like a sound clip war so basically the way it works is we want sound clips we call them carts in the industry uh, <laughs> and essentially it's like when you hear like the Michael Scott no you want to hit that yeah please no 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 right so no! <laughs> for those of you who don't know the office is a great show anyways that was when Toby showed up yeah anyway so, uh, so, so, yeah, so the idea is if you lose, you are crowned winner of the show and you get to choose what the other person has to say that we will be able to turn into a sound clip for later. Yeah. But like fun, good stuff. Not like boys, buds drive me nuts or something. <laughs> I wouldn't make so, okay. That. So the way I see it is we want people to, uh, in terms of controversialness, they may raise their eyebrow, but we don't want them to raise their fists. Mm, mm, mm. That's a good one. Yeah. Daddy teach you that? <laughs> All right. So I will ask the first question. Uh, you ready? I'm ready. Good? So Josh was born in 1980, so I feel like he's got the upper hand oh, on man. this one. I'm, I'm born in the 90s, but uh, you know I feel like I'm decently plugged in. But anyways, first question lobbed. Your way. Which popular 80s horror thriller was filmed at Timberline Lodge in Oregon? Shining. Man. Good job. <laughs> you win that game. All right, hit me. Hit me. Hit me with the first one. Man, All right, here it goes. Really knew that. <clears throat> what famous two-part series did Zach Galligan star in that is connected to both John Lithgow and William Shatner? Gremlins. Good. Nice. I knew it because of Zach Galligan. Oh, really? <laughs> which is really weird. Yeah. But I remember, really I'm remembering William Shatner now. Uh, which 1980s horror characters serious... I don't want to ask that question. I'm just going to ask it. I didn't even realize what I was reading okay. based on... Which 1980s horror characters seriously do not like water? Oh, come on. And you didn't want to ask it? Don't play dumb. But now, now you're throwing me off because you didn't want to ask it. Don't play. Dumb. It's the gremlins. It's the gremlins. Good job. Your turn. <laughs> okay. I shouldn't say that last. <laughs> so, Ash from the Evil Dead series. Unaware. What is his last name? Williams. Very nice. The ultra famous this ultra famous filmmaker stated that he actually really dislikes the Walking Dead series. George Romero? Bingo. Oh. I was, I was worried about that. It was like a soccer penalty shootout where it's just a one for one and it's every time it's a sigh of relief. Okay. Your turn. What is the town Castle Rock 
Um, in, in Stephen King movies, there's this town that constantly shows up called Castle Rock. What book is it inspired by? What book? I don't know. The Lord of the Flies. It's, it's the name of a chapter. I never even had to read that book. What? It's in a William Golding classic. I never had to read it in high school, so I would have never read it. <laughs> that's not that's not actually true about me, but anyways, um there are nine movies that comprise this eighties movie franchise. Oh jeez. Uh, Friday the 13th. You were like 50-50 chance. It was Nightmare on Elm Street. Ah! <laughs> so it all comes so down even on this. to the last question. Okay. Which sucks. Which 80s horror protagonist borrows his popular catchphrase from a slang colloquialism popular during the 60s and 70s? I will repeat that. Okay. Which 80s horror protagonist borrows his popular catchphrase from a slang colloquialism popular during the 60s and 70s? 80s. Which 80s horror what? Protagonist. Protagonist. Oh, there's borrows so many protagonists. His popular catchphrase. And it's a man. <clears throat> Is it? Well, it's a, his. Um, I right. mean, of all those, I would, I would have to say Ash, but... Yep. Do you remember what I'm referring to? Um, groovy. Groovy. Yeah. Yeah. Groovy. All right. We have to have a sudden death question. Crap. Go. You might win it right here. Okay. Hmm. Do I want to do this one or that one? Man, I don't want to embarrass myself. This 1986 film starring Jeff Goldblum won David Cronenberg his only Oscar. Did we watch it at Midnight Monthly? No. Because I remember Jeff Goldblum being yeah. like a random character in... What movie was that? Not to stall? I can't remember. Oh. I mean, I always think of... All right, say it again. Park. David Cronenberg. <coughs> I like David Cronenberg movies. They're dark and kind of weird, but... This 1986 film starring Jeff Goldblum won David Cronenberg his only Oscar. And I'll give you a hint. It's for Best Director. <laughs> that, that probably doesn't help you. I shacked up. <laughs> Man, I bet you my brother-in-law would know this again. Probably. He's probably, I don't see him on our feed, but he's probably ranting right now in not actual time. I don't know. You ready? Yeah. It's called The Fly. It's hugely famous. Is and he the main character? Uh, yeah, Jeff Goldblum's main. He is? He's creepy. Really? Yeah, he's really creepy. Is he a bad guy? Is he The Fly? He's The Fly. What's yeah. it about? He be uh, gene splicing. Oh, he splice. Be, he become oh, okay. <laughs> that movie. <laughs> All right. So, I, do we do it now or do we do it at a later time? And uh, what are you gonna make me say? <laughs> whether I say it now or not, What's it's it? it's gonna be it, it'll be fairly innocuous. So, um, and when I say it, I have to like sell it, right? Like, yeah, you with have to passion sell it. and conviction. Yeah. All right. Uh. Gosh, what should I make? You should say? just write it down for me, and I'll say it. Yeah. Okay. Or I'm gonna let me. I'm gonna let people um, who are watching. So we only got one viewer. Uh, come up with an idea, and at the end of the show, we'll do it. Does that sound good? At the end of this show, we'll do it. Yeah. What's the idea they're coming up with? For you to say. A oh. sound clip for you to say. 
Oh, okay. <sighs> Man, I had some good ones that I was going to... So wait, is this a rolling thing? Like if I win next week or yep. whatever, then yep. I... Man, I'm 0 for 2. It's that true. was a good one, though. That was good blow for blow. That was good. Good blow for blow there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, moving on. We got Sam Smith and Kesha, who are confused about their relationship with God. Yeah. <laughs> That's the way to put it. We have a, I think we have a Sam Smith clip so here. So, just FYI, they can't hear our sound clips. So, that's something we'll have to figure out in post. But And probably they'll just have to re-listen to the podcast. I guess so. so. Well, Subscribe. Too, too bad, so sad. <laughs> uh, so, here's a Sam Smith clip for his new song, Parade, which he performed on SNL. Yep, just a couple weeks ago. You won't find me in church. Reading the Bible. I am still here and I'm still your disciple. That's nice. I'm begging you, please. I'm broken, alone, and afraid. I'm not a saint. I'm more of a sinner. I don't want to lose, but I fear for the winners when I try to explain the words right away. That's why I'm sitting here today, and I'm gonna pray. Let me see if I can pull up those lyrics. Did you see? Oh, what, I got them right here. Did you see what? Oh, you got them. I got them. Did you see what Heidi and Colin just said on the? <laughs> what clip should Adam say? Finger licking, finger licking, finger licking good. That doesn't count. Oh. And then the other one is totes nice. No, uh -huh. he's just responding to Heidi. Oh, he's just responding to Heidi. Do you just want to get it out of the way? You want to go with that one, or should we let people think about it longer? How about? This is a special treat for our viewers. She suggested that. What's yours? And then they can decide. Okay. All right. So we got this one. Finger licking, finger licking, finger licking good. And we got Josh's. Okay. Mine is... <clears throat> I was going to go from... <laughs> I was going to go from something from Baby Got Back. Okay. <laughs> sure makes a lot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's the... My anaconda don't want none unless you've got buns on. Okay. I'm supposed to say that now? <laughs> yeah. But do I have do, to do that? Don't you want them to choose what they want to do? I don't know. Right now? Yeah. Sure. Let them, okay. Let them choose. We'll hit it later. All right. Do I and have I, to do so that? We're still open. We're do still open to suggestions, that? right? I have to do that. My anaconda don't. <laughs> no. My anaconda don't. Yes. Yes, you would have to do that. So if Adam does the anaconda thing, then he's going to have to do <laughs> He's going to have to do it in the Sir Mix-a-Lot style. I will not ever run for president. <laughs> this will be used against me. Okay, but for those of you who just joined us, uh, Sam Smith is a sad man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's not funny. He's sincere. He's sincere. And his theology is a little dumb. Well, I don't think he ha I don't think he really has a theology. That's the that's the thing. Um, I'm young and I'm foolish. I've made bad decisions. I block out the news. Turn my back on religion. Nice. Okay. And then we got. Oh, that that type of attitude he says isn't getting him any higher, meaning getting him anywhere in life. Yep. So that makes sense. Uh, maybe I'll pray as a last resort. Well, it's just, that's kind of sad and insulting. Uh, maybe I'll pray. Maybe I'll pray. I never believed in you, but maybe I'm going to pray. <laughs> it's just, I read it. That's how I read it. Like it's, uh, you won't find me in church. No. Reading the Bible. I, no. For the record, I love that part. <laughs> I'm still 
here and I'm still your disciple. Well, that's a nice recognition. Uh, I'm down on my knees. I'm begging you. I'm broken, alone, and afraid. I'm not a saint, more of a sinner, etc. We heard the rest. Um, so we'll get your serious take because we just heard my sarcastic <laughs> right, right, right. Okay. take. So, you know, my serious take on this is that you have a bunch of people who are coming out of a postmodern ideology, right? They have been taught that if there is a God, that God is more of a, a fable or a fairy tale. And their understanding of him has to be an irrational understanding. And so because of that, when they're in these serious moments of cognitive dissonance, when they are um, caught between their need to make sense of something that they view as completely um, uh, a losing battle, right? They can't make sense of, of this world that they're in, but they still have within them the image of God that mm -hmm. burns within them. And so there is, they haven't fully suppressed it. You know, they, they can't fully suppress it and hold it down. And so there's this, this moment that pops out where they're like, uh, maybe there's something, right? And so that's when they pray. And so from that standpoint, I would say that the notion is beautiful. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. The notion is beautiful. Too bad that's not enough. It's not enough. <laughs> not even close. And, and so what, what it says to me is that somebody like Sam Smith, if this is a true... If this is a true representation of where he's at, then those sincere believers who are in his life, because there has to be some, you know, one or two, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, they need to seriously have a conversation with him and show him. Yeah, they like it's a cry for help. Yeah. Like you wouldn't just leave someone who's dying, you know, right. when they're crying for help. Like, that's a good point. Right. So, that, I mean, that's where I'm at with it. I, I, you know, yeah, he says stuff like, I'm still your disciple. And we can get into all, you know, we can get into to the concept of being all being children of God and him having that notion and him not having a correct theology about it. But, um, and certainly we should, if he was ever to proclaim Christianity, which he doesn't, mm -hmm. but if he was ever to proclaim Christianity or wanted clarification on that subject, we as Christians should be ready to explain, to give an answer for our hope and to be ready to explain to him why he has those feelings and what he can do to, to clarify his, his confused nature. But with that said, I would say that it's a good first step on his part. Now, we have to be careful because as cultural Christians, sometimes we hear pray, we hear a church choir in the background. Oh, and it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And, oh, and, that's, and that's what we get is this you know, veil over your eyes. It's so beautiful. And, uh, you know, that is so dangerous. It, that message is so dangerous. It's um, like, take me to church. Mm. You know, who is it that does that? Hoser? H Hosier? 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 Hoser? Hoser. Hosey. Um, <laughs> I don't know. But you yeah. listen to Take Me to Church, and you hear that Take Me to Church, and you hear that great bass rift. I mean, riff, not rift, sorry, riff. I mean, that song is amazing musically. And it says, take me to church. So that means it must be okay. <laughs> but the reality of it is it's, it's completely, it's completely the opposite. Mm. So that's, that's my, that's my take on it. And then Kesha has a song titled the same thing out right now. Praying versus pray. It's yeah. got that nasty gerund at the end of the word. What's gerund? I-N-G. Oh. <laughs> yeah, hers is a lot... <sighs> A lot seems seems like it's a lot less from like her like her um feelings and where she's at 
versus right. like this guy that you know did her wrong or you know right. you know former whatever. I don't know. I her song is a lot more vapid to me. I well, I think you're I think you're gonna see a lot of this stuff. I think that right now there's a lot of a push from I I, uh, I shudder to call these people genuine thinkers, <laughs> but seems like maybe they are. And so you have this push from genuine truth seekers who are really thinking about their situation. Who knows if they even wrote their own music? I think Kesha did. But I don't know about Sam Smith, but um, isn't he like singer songwriter? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. So. Um, but you're going to have this genuine push from these artists to start moving in this direction. And I think what that signifies to us as Christians, as culture follows art, is that we should be ready for an influx of people who are postmodern in their, their ideology, who are on the cusp of being nihilistic, and who need us to be ready to give them an answer. Hmm. But that means we're going to have to be able to see through the beauty and touch down on the real issues that have ungrounded them from from their faith. And sometimes that faith is going to be entirely minuscule, and sometimes that faith is going to come with a lot. So we got to be ready. <sighs> yeah. Is everything cool on the board? Meaning what? Oh, you were looking over there. I just didn't know. I'm just looking at what I got at my disposal. Oh, all right. You know. Yeah. Um, we're at an hour, but I want to hit I want to hit some of these TV topics because there's a lot. Fall TV, baby. Yeah. Um, and whatever we don't hit, we can just include in our next next episode. Um, first, Walking Dead. You Walking Dead current? I did not watch the season Damn. premiere. But I. That's I, all. I, yeah, I'm. 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 Up okay. To date well, then I can talk to you about it, and I guess maybe a morality question that I just added today, but. Um, I guess I'll put a spoiler alert on. Yeah. Most of your spoilers are going to be about season seven, but if you're not current, mute your volume. So, Walking Dead, all focused around Negan and Rick and, you know, Kingdom and Hilltop yep. and uh, Alexandria. Yeah. You know, uniting to defeat Negan and his saviors, mm-hmm. as they call themselves. Um, yeah. My question is, so in this latest episode, um, and no spoilers really, but just a general whatever. So there's this, they keep hitting on this message. We just have to kill one. We just have to kill one. And then the rest can make their choice. But we just have to kill one. Um, so my question um, is, I mean, that's a, we're dealing with like post-apocalyptic, right? Sure. There's a lot of, a lot of dynamics, but... Negan, as we know, is like a bad, bad, bad guy. Right? Sure. Maybe the maybe the baddest guy that Walking Dead has seen. Right. Would you say? Uh, that television has seen maybe. He's the, te- the TV in general. He's bad. Oh, dude, he's real bad. Yeah. Yeah that that pilot last season, season seven, that was like one of the hardest <laughs> episodes of anything. I've the ever the had premiere, to yeah. Yeah, not pilot. Yeah, premiere, premiere, yeah. season seven. <sighs> Brutality aside, like just what we had to see. Was he's a Jeffrey Dean Morgan. He's a, a scenery chewer for sure. Oh yeah. Um, but my question is, so in a situation like that, where this guy is bad, like no question about it, he's he's the bad one. And right. Even though he's got a whole following of people, mm-hmm. but arguably they're just with him because they're afraid. Um, is that position of 
taking that guy out just have to kill one is that justified at all like what would god think about that um if what you're trying to do is ceremonially cleanse something then yes i would say that it's justified i don't think that's what they're doing Mm. so what do you mean just for people when you say ceremonially ceremonially cleanse something so you take you take like the jews and we're getting into some like heavy theology and some you know people might have issues with it but whatever um where you take like the jews and they're going in and they're doing what people nowadays would call ethnic cleansing Mm -hmm. um in the promised land right Mm -hmm. so why are the jews going in and and doing that um and you see in there that there are certain situations in scripture where we see a level of killing that is for a purpose to ceremonially cleanse it that area so that it is ready for worship essentially now mind you we're dealing with a whole bunch of like cultural issues and the jews i mean we're talking about essentially a way of life the jews are not on their own in this way of thinking right Mm -hmm. it's like everybody was thinking this way um so are there certain situations where that makes sense um yeah i don't think that this situation is that these Mm -hmm. people are survivors Mm -hmm. and they weren't called to take these cities and they weren't called by God to, to cleanse this so that they could be God's people and so on and so forth. And so really what they're doing, so then, so then it becomes an issue of survival. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I, at that point you're dealing in terms of morality with somewhat of a gray area, I would mm. say. Defense, defensive killing oh. is so- different. But as we see in the show with Negan, he's he's treating people good, quote unquote, right. as long as they're giving to his cause, you sure. know. And he's willing to work with your colony as long as you provide for his colony. And sure. So what do we see? In, what do we see in scripture? What we see in scripture is again and again and again that the Jews were taken captive by other nations mm-hmm. and they were just constantly being beat down by these other nations. And mm-hmm. it's God who provides salvation for the people. It's not the people who take that salvation into their own hands and decide to go assassinate Nebuchadnezzar. Sure. You never see them say, oh, we're going to kill Xerxes. <laughs> it just doesn't. That's not the way that God works. In fact, we see scripture multiple times saying that when somebody is in leadership um, and they've taken you over and there's nothing you can do about it, they're in that position for a reason. Um, so what you do is you submit. And I know that that's going to, I know that that seems controversial, mm. but it's not my narrative. Yep. It's the narrative that's in scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so from that standpoint, you could say it's a little more along the lines of uh, the one guy. What's his name? The scientist guy. The scientist who's not really a scientist. Making bombs. You know what I'm talking about? For some reason, no. The guy that Abraham saves. Oh, wow! What's his name? It's a really dorky name, isn't it? Yeah, and he's got the mullet. Yeah, well, he's sold out. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't his name. you know, the issue is, do you I reckon the right? The issue is, do you see these people as being um, made in the image of God, and what that looks like now? Before you kowtow 
to the idea that these people are actually your leadership. And I think it's arguable that that has not happened really yet. I mean, maybe it did because Rick gave in there for a little bit, hmm. but not everybody is, is along those lines. Um, once Before you submit to that leadership, while you're still in that rebellion stage because they've taken you over and God hasn't said to you, you're going to be taken um, away. And that's the other thing. Like the Jews, when they did this, they were told that it was because they were told that they were put in these situations because of right. idol worship and all right. these things. You don't have that with the survivors. Right. So, so there's that too. It's not like, like for like, right. It's, it's not a perfect analog. Sure. Um, <clears throat> what was I saying? Yeah. I don't know. I, do, I don't think that I, I don't think there's a moral certainty about what's right and wrong in, yeah. in this situation. I would hope if I were in that situation that I would act as much like Christ as possible. And I don't think you see Christ um, doing that. I yeah. don't think you see him like, I'm going to assassinate the Romans. It's okay, people. guys. We just have to kill. <laughs> we just got to kill Pontius Pilate. Pontius Pilate, yeah. I'm loving that show again, though. I go through weird roller coasters of that show, and it's because of those mid-season finales. I'm certain of it. They bring me my, they take my momentum away, and then yeah. there's just too much other TV, and then you forget about it. And it's, but I'm liking it right now. Although I did just read that last season had some of the lowest ratings because it was like slow, and like the Negan scenes, while while he's cool, were and good, hard to. He's just like, there's nothing really progressing, you know. Yeah, and. You know, let me just add, like, I feel like, um, I feel like it would be, like, if you, if you really felt pushed into a corner and, and you committed that, that death, nah, I don't feel like that's good. Nope. I take it back. I was, I was trying to give some grace there, but I think that if you have a premeditated murder. Yep. Which is what? what yeah. That's what it would be. If you have that premeditated murder. I, I would say that it's morally inappropriate. Now, if he, in that moment, for instance, in the scene, what, season six, at the end of season six, where he's got the bats to them, right? Yeah. In that moment where you don't have time to think and you're just doing whatever you can and you end up killing him or think to yourself, I need to kill him to get away, to survive, or this is like, or you're overcome with the, fa with the fact that this person is evil, and you have this like psychological break mm. where you just, I got to do this, you mm. know, where you feel compelled. I think that that is different. And I think the law even acknowledges that it's different, you know, a like psychological our law. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a crime of passion versus, yeah. you know, a premeditated crime. So yeah, it's a, it's a tough one. I would never want to be in that situation. Yeah, I know it's tough. There's been some tough choices for those characters, for Rick and, you know, his people. I'm liking it again. Um, speaking of crime, uh, have you watched any of that new show, Mindhunter? No, it's on my list. Oh, I seriously feel like you of all people, you... I love shows like that. But you know, the I told you what, like, the base... I, I, I watched a preview for it. Oh, it's so good. It's like the devel developing, like, modern-day, like, criminology. Yeah. And it's just really cool to, like... I mean, it's a drama. It's not like right. It's not. It's scripted. But... Yeah, but it's based in on real things or whatever. But is it? Is it? Does it follow real people? I don't think it follows real people. I think I th maybe I'm wrong. Actually, maybe like I don't know if like their characters' names are like were real detectives or whatever. Right. But it, some of the the like criminals that they're like interviewing while played by actors, I think that they're, they are, they are in fact real based on okay. real criminals. So yeah. 
so it must be like based on you know based in reality but man it's interesting it's yeah. cool like the first episode is like this you know green kind of like a negotiator or whatever and like he negotiation goes sour and then the, the rest of the episode like they're trying to figure out why nothing is making sense anymore like mm -hmm. based on the traditional analyzing and like how you handle criminals you know right it, there came a point in time in like the 70s where crim there was no pattern the pattern killers is what they right. call them or whatever like there's no pattern anymore so then they like start diving into it oh how is this how is this guy's mother when he was a kid and how is he oppressed and this yeah guy? and it's really good it's yeah. really really interesting yeah it does sound like something i would be really interested in. i'm a huge it fan. starts slow but it gets good by like episode two or three i'm a huge fan for those of you who don't know of i guess story would it be stories uh stories like that yeah you know like uh one of my favorite characters on television is <coughs> goren do you guys know goren robert goren played by the great vincent d'onofrio on so law and order on law and order i love that character it just gets in people's minds yep i love vincent d'onofrio but i do not like law and order well, uh speaking of serialized tv yeah hey segue <laughs> all right uh did you read that article that um James posted. I didn't finish it, but Our I think says trying to reconnect. We got a poor wireless connection. Oh, that's sad. That's okay. We're almost done. Serialized TV is a thing of the past. Yeah. Um, they were basically saying how like Star Trek, as it was, you know, throughout the ages, right. like, isn't really possible today. Hmm. And I don't know why they're saying that. Like because people aren't interested in that kind of TV. They want to follow an arc rather than like right. a boom one shot right. one shot one shot because that's how a lot of Star Trek used to be like right. this they were episodic yeah, versus episodic. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> so the article is talking about that and I know that I personally like I've never really like I don't like a lot of those cop shows for that reason like I, I generally like like a show that's like based like it's a long distance run <laughs> versus right. you know short episodic things but there's a place for it like the ranch. <laughs> the ranch. I like yes. a nice, short, sweet, easy to watch thing sometimes, but yeah, generally speaking. So I don't know. I know you like those kinds of shows. Uh, you know, they all have their place. I like a good Law and Order, <laughs> where where you have you know. You recently told me that you spent your vacation watching Law and Order for two days straight <laughs> with your wife. Well, it was or like something you know, like that. Four or five episodes, which is. <laughs> and I said, sounds like the worst vacation ever. <laughs> more than I have time to do, but yeah, I like shows like that because you can just dive into them. Psych, one of my favorite. Mm. One of my favorite. Um, obviously, Star Trek. I love Star Trek, but like, yeah, there is something to be said for investing, and I think as at least I get older and we only have so much time um, knowing that that hour that you're spending or that 45 minutes that you're spending is going to be put toward a longer story arc that pays off rather than these short bursts that don't really pay off and don't really like affect the character in any way. Yeah. It makes me feel like my investment is worth something. So that's what I would say. And, and I, I kind of, my comparison would be the difference in the Marvel Universe between, again, Vincent D'Onofrio and his Kingpin versus, say, any Marvel villain in any Marvel movie. It's true. Although, what was the most recent one where I was like, that was a convention? Oh, it was Spider-Man. It was... Uh, his Vulture. Vulture. But that's because of the great Michael Keaton. And he was great. But... <laughs> 
Aside from Vince, aside from him, yeah, for sure, Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah, and what you have is you've got Kingpin. good, good storytelling, but or it's Kilgrave, like, Kilgrave, amazing. <laughs> so you and somehow he's back. I don't know how that works, but who cares? Um, he's great. But you have, I'll take it. With the Marvel movies, you have this burst storytelling, so it's you know two hours of storytelling where that villain gets forty-five minutes of screen time or whatever, or less. And then with these TV shows where you're running an arc you get, you know, a long time to really flesh out the character. So yep. see what they're about, where they come from, but what their agenda is. It depends on where you come from. If you don't want to invest, then that's something. I, I do think that people are more interested in investing these days because that form of storytelling that was episodic came from people investing in real life. Mm. You know, TV was new. People invested in real life and they came home to escape. But as they can, as they escaped more and more and more, what happened is you had to build a more complex life for them, and so now you are now in this serial format, which of course, I would say for me when I first really understood the serial format in mainstream television, um, which is, I mean it's been going on forever in soap operas, but in mainstream like primetime television, the place where I first experienced that was during the second season of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, hands down. And Joss Whedon really perfected that. And a lot of shows, like, um, you know, emulated that style. Mm-hmm. So. So there's a shameless Buffy the Vampire plug. It is I not shameless. I hope you're happy. <laughs> it is not shameless. <laughs> I wear it with pride. <laughs> All right. Well, I feel like we covered a lot. We still have a lot. There's st- not a lot. Maybe like five different topics. That's but fodder for the next show. Yeah, we can save it for the next show. We're, you know, we're well over an hour in now, so... Um, I got two votes for the finger licking. So do I say it again, or do we use what I you say? You say it again. You All say. Right. I just got to decide if we, I want to say it a different way now. <laughs> we need a, we need a clip uh, of of saying like, and here comes a podcast uh, clip. <laughs> so I was thinking this... of going like punk finger licking, finger licking, finger licking, good. <laughs> finger licking, finger licking, finger licking, good. End. That's pretty good. All right. Uh, as I said earlier, if you're interested in today's topics or just staying relevant, go ahead and check out cultureinsanity.wordpress.com where you can check us out on Facebook and Twitter at Culture Insanity. We had viewers. We're hoping to hear feedback. We're hoping to see something. If not, we'll come up with our own topics because we did this time, dang it. That's right. So uh, until next time.